0: Stress, anxiety, and depression are skyrocketing among children and teens, and Cook Children's Healthcare System is on a mission to bring these topics into the light.
1: I'm Winnie King. And I'm Dr. Kristen Perch. If you have kiddos in the room, now is the time to put on those headphones. Some of the topics we'll be discussing will not be suited for young years. This is Raising Joy.
0: Hello, hello, hello everyone. How are you? You've now tuned into Raising Joy, the podcast. I'm Winnie King.
1: And I'm Kristen Birch.
0: And we're here to talk about all things mental health and children and, you know, whatever, whatever else interests us. But you know something? I had something that was really weird that happened to me today. So, you know, I have a car.
1: You have a beautiful car that I'm obsessed with.
0: (laughs) I have a BMW, so it's a little convertible. Love the car. And so every morning when I get in the car to go to work, I get in the car and the uh, on the panel, it tells me the destination to work. You know, here's how long it's going to take, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, that's cute because, you know, I got to get in here every day. So you light up every day knowing I have to go to work. But this afternoon, okay, I got in the car yeah. and I'm on my way to the studio and I didn't even turn the car on. I sat in the chair And there on the on the dash is suggested destination, this studio.
1: Wow. Your car is studying you. Do you know how frightening (laughs) that that is? I mean, seriously,
0: didn't had not even pushed the button, turned it on. But it knew, I guess, on this day at this time, this is where she's headed. And, and I don't do it every day. So we don't come here. We come here what, twice a every month? Other, yeah, yeah, every yeah. other week. So how you, I know. I, I don't know. This is becoming a little frightening to me. Yeah. Yes. It is just it's a you know, and I had the same kind of experience last night as I was of course doing my obsession watching TikTok.
1: I knew it. <laughs> and, I knew that's what and, you're doing last I night. And I started
0: <laughs> down a path and I was going down a path and I was looking at certain you know, a couple of certain uh, uh, videos, and and it's and the next thing I know, I've got like ten of those videos. Oh yeah, just, they just show
1: up. I know, I know. The same thing will happen. My husband and I will have a conversation, and then we get an ad for like something we had just talked about.
2: Okay, it's, you know this, and stuff it happens
1: is, to both of us. Or he was talking. My husband was talking about something. I didn't even say anything, and then I get an ad for what he was talking about.
0: Okay, you know, I I put uh, Alexa out in the garage. <laughs> You you have
1: been banished. <laughs> now is that because put, you had too many deliveries that you needed no, to curve? No, like, no,
0: but I, I, you know it's something about it. Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it's just something about yeah. it. Am I old? Am I, I no? Mean, but, no. But I, I think I think we all have. I think we all have questions about how far this will go, and we want to be really conscious of it. So I I get it.
0: And, I mean, and I want to be cool and techno. But you know you are invading my yeah. space, and this is not good. Yes, I yes, and I don't even want to start on with the chat. What you call it? What the chat?
1: Chat GPT. Yeah. Now, I, I am in for all of the AI that will make home life for me easier. So whenever you, I know, like when he's like, you're crazy. But any, but like when you said, um, my car just knows where to go. I was like. But I understand. It freaked me
0: out. I'm sitting here looking at the, the, and it gave me the destination, the, you know, the street, the actual. And I know I had punched it in, but. A while back. You know, but for you to sit here and know when my butt
1: hit that seat, (laughs) I know where she going. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I feel but, like there's a movie there, right? Yeah. Like this is a script for a movie. Like yeah. about how like the car's your friend and all yeah, this no, stuff. Uh, Come on. Uh, no, let's do it. Let's no. quit our jobs and write a script. Well. that will be great.
0: The car's going to write the script.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the car. Okay. Mention that when you get in your car. Okay. I'll tell it. We've Are you going to write me a script? I don't know. We've gone way off the rails. Though. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry. Did, Sorry. Did the car know? Is yeah. this the car's fault?
0: I don't know. Yeah, I don't that know. was bizarre and weird to me, but anyway, okay, what are we doing today?
1: Well, we have Brittany Smith, who's going to be joining us. She is a family intake therapist at Cook Children's Hospital, and she works with patients patients in the emergency room. Um, I also take her calls in the middle of the night, so she knows what I sound like whenever I'm like very confused and sleepy. Hello. this? (laughs) is this? Huh? <laughs> um, another note is that she's earning her doctorate in social work, and so we're super proud of her, and we're so glad she's joining she's us today. Such an overachiever.
2: Hello, hi Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Thank How you for are having you? me. I'm so excited to be
1: here.
0: Okay, so now we just need to break this all the way down. What do you do in your role? So tell us all about it.
2: Okay. So as Dr. Perch introduced me, I'm a family intake therapist at Cook Children's and I primarily work in the emergency department at our Fort Worth Medical Center. Mm -hmm. We also work remotely now with the new Prosper Medical Center as well because there are no therapists there. Mm -hmm. So we we visit them over telehealth. Um, We also manage our behavioral health emergency line with Cook Children's and assist with new patient intakes for outpatient behavioral health services. Okay.
0: So when you're intaking in the emergency room, somebody has walked in and said, I don't feel good. This doesn't, I'm not good. I, I think I'm going to unalive. And then you, you jump into action. Is that what happens?
2: So it's a little bit different because it's, in an emergency department and not just a crisis center. So through the emergency department, they'll go through triage. They'll um, visit with the medical physician and be medically cleared. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to make sure that there's no medical reason why they may be having anxiety or mm-hmm. something else. And and then once they're medically cleared, uh, we, the intake therapists receive um, a page to go and do a, a level of care assessment, which is different than... Um, Y'all have talked about on the show of um, psychiatric or psychological evaluations. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, they're,
1: your goal, right, is to figure out what to do next in an emergency situation and not, it's like, you aren't going to evaluate and say, oh, this kid has ADHD and they need to start medicines. No,
2: it is very much (laughs) an emergency setting. So the, the goal is, is this child safe enough to go home and go back to school? And, you know, that is our goal is what are the imminent risks that are occurring? Is the child actively suicidal, homicidal, aggressive, having hallucinations or delusions? Um, and can they go in outpatient services? Inpatient is our last choice. Like we last resort. We do not want to hospitalize kids. We, we've talked about that mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. But we will if, it, if it's the what we have to do to keep the child safe. Right.
1: Yeah, Absolutely um in how you know so we you can never really know what someone's thinking or planning or doing so like how do you guys kind of suss that out like how do you figure mm-hmm. out like is this kid safe is it not like how do you all assess yeah. that kind of stuff
2: so we have kind of a form of a biopsychosocial assessment so we're going to be going just briefly over you know what is the family structure what is how are they in school how are they at home and then what brought them to the emergency department today We don't need to know their whole history. We don't need to know all of their, you know, traumas in detail. We (laughs) Mm -hmm. really just want to know why are you here today and not last week or last month.
0: But it it must be hard, too, because it's an emotional situation. And you've got Mm -hmm. parents who are probably saying, this kid needs to stay here. They're not good, you know. And you've got parents who are wanting you to do something Mm -hmm. that you may not think is necessary.
2: Yep. Yeah. So crisis is subjective. Um, we have people, parents, um, teachers, counselors who call every day on our emergency line and say, "This this child needs inpatient. Do you have a bed?" And you know, instead of jumping and saying, uh, "Come bring them immediately," we talk to them and say, "Okay, what what's going, is on? going on?" Yeah, mm-hmm. what is the crisis that they're in? And sometimes, honestly, it's a panic attack, which might feel like a crisis, um, but the child is safe and are able, you know, to have a parent help calm them down and then there's other times that they truly are in what we would consider an imminent crisis where they do need to be evaluated and y'all have detailed that out a little bit before but if there's any known um suicide attempt if they've had a plan if they if they have done it recently if they've had detailed out any intention to seriously injure themselves or others um or if they come to the, the school counselor and say, like, I'm thinking of this. I don't know if I can keep myself safe. Those are big red flags. <coughs> For sure. For sure. So are you the only therapist in the ER? <laughs> I'm very thankful I'm not. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> or you would be, sit- you you be sitting here upright. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not. I, there's 22 of me. Wow. Yeah. We have a really um, awesome intake team. And not all of us are full-time, but... Uh, we have had a a big increase since um, the onset of COVID, and so we have increased our staffing. But we are all, in the 22 of us in intake, are all in the same role. We're a 24-7, 365 operation, and um, we are grateful to have the people that we do to support us. It helps me to be able to be here and, you know, have have a life um, that I enjoy outside. So, um so, yeah, we have kids come from all over North Texas and out of state and through our emergency department. Really?
0: Yeah. From
1: out of state? I mean, we were great, but
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's just not access, There's not enough access to mental health care in crisis. Yeah.
1: Yes. So people from Oklahoma,
2: or, mm-hmm. and, and what's hard for us is
1: that I, I don't know. We don't know really Oklahoma resources. Like, I don't know no. their mental health <laughs> system. And so... <laughs> It's hard to really give advice a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I, I understand why they're there. Totally understand. But it's hard sometimes to give advice because it's – I I don't know. Yeah. Don't know those resources. We've you
2: know? had Oklahoma, Mississippi, and um, Arkansas – Louisiana. in Louisiana call and say, like, we need this. And I'm, we're like, okay. So we get on our computer and help them find resources, which we are not familiar with those areas, but we do know how to locate resources. Mm-hmm. So we can go through their um, – state and county mental health departments to find lists and resources and guide them to their primary care doctors and their school counselors and just things that I have learned are not just general knowledge. Mm.
0: Yeah. So what would precipitate you having to call Dr. Perch, in the middle of the night, waking her up
1: out of her sound beauty Which scene. I, w- I just want to say to our intake department, you all are angels, and I adore every... I mean, I, I'm not being funny. Like, I know but they I know. they do such great work. I know. Um, no, they're fantastic and very skilled. So what, what would do. happen that you... Yeah. I got a caller. I'm so sorry. I hate this.
2: So we staff and we consult with our on-call nurse practitioners and our on-call psychiatrists when we need them to determine the level of care. Mm -hmm. Um, This is when it is not a clear cut. This child has no imminent risk or this child absolutely needs inpatient. If it's somewhere in the gray, which is the majority, we call and we, we talk it out. And it's for really, it's for the best quality of care. It's for um, accountability and being able to um, make sure that we're making the right recommendations. Mm -hmm. And um, we, it was funny walking in. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't know what Dr. Bridge looks like. I've never actually." <laughs> you may doctor, know, say,
1: you may not know what I'm like up. awake. You know? <laughs> I know.
2: I've only I've only talked to her in that groggy state. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Daylight is great. It's I'm yeah. usually in the evening too.
1: Yeah, oh. there's and there's I so um, part of residency and fellowship was you know staff in the emergency room and all of these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And there's so many gray situations mm-hmm. that. It actually was really helpful to talk to your attending about because, you know, I may have a plan and then they would, okay, but when you actually say it out loud, you're like, that doesn't make any sense. And so that's why it's really helpful, right, yeah, to have lot. somebody. And, and in the room, whenever you're with a family, most parents have pretty strong feelings yep. about if they want to go yep. into the hospital or if they, they really don't. don't. And mm-hmm. so, but sometimes it's, it that's not mm-hmm. the best thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I I lots of times parents who have a kid who's like written a note and they have a plan and they are adamantly opposed against hospitalization. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's tough.
0: But you might need to have that kid. I know. Here,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Seem like, well, I don't know. Cause it, it would seem like there would be a lot of other parents who are doing the, uh, the, the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm scared for this child. Mm-hmm. I, I think I need the highest level of whatever you got, throw it, the kitchen sink, at this kid and let's see what we can do
2: yes just because you know you're just because the child is presenting some concerning symptoms doesn't mean we're going to hospitalize them it's it's really some strict criteria that we follow and it's really to consider what is best for the child which Mm. is to stay in their environment Mm.
0: Mm. yes so other than the numbers since the pandemic what other changes have you seen
2: Well, there's been a lot more complexity in the cases that we've had. Um, So, and I haven't really touched on the numbers, but I got with our director and I got some numbers (laughs) to share. Okay, we need numbers. So data-wise, from 2019 to 2021 in our emergency department, we had an increase in suicide attempts, 53% increase. Oh my God! And that's who, um, and then from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one it was forty eight percent of a jump from those from that one year um, and this is the suicide attempts who have required a medical intervention before psychiatric care. So mm-hmm. they are going to stay in our ICU on our hospitalist medical floors mm-hmm. to be stabilized. so a huge like severity of suicide attempts, not just um you know, like scratching your arm, but something very that is very lethal. And the complexity of the cases that we see are requiring longer interventions, longer assessments, uh, a transfer to other hospitals because we can only house so So many. many. Mm -hmm. Um, Our beds are full, other hospitals' beds are full in kind of our peak seasons, which now every season feels like the peak season. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we're averaging from over... 2020 until now, uh, the average number of behavioral health patients walking through our emergency department is 3,183. So depending on the time of year, that can be upwards of 30 or 40 kids that come through a day. Mm -hmm. So a day.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. We get a printout every day of Mm -hmm. how many assessments they did.
2: It's a lot of kids. And, and, and even though that is like very drastic, it's helpful to tell the parents this: you're you are not the only family experiencing this right now, and in a in a in a, in a way to kind of normalize and help them, you're not the only people who are trying to navigate this with your child. Like
1: you're not alone.
2: You are not alone. We and I tell them we have a dozen staff here today who are helping kids just like yours, and this is our sole job mm. is to be here for this. And so I think it can feel very isolating. I know especially kind of navigating what is mental health in certain populations mm-hmm. and, and families and um, there's just not just stigma but also just like a lot of confusion around.
0: What is this? What is
2: Well, well and how to navigate a
1: broken mental health system.
0: <laughs> I, I was going to say it's this is broken. It, yes. it is broken.
1: And, and I would say on that number, the 30 to 40 that come in a day. Was that on what the it about? peak? Yeah, and on the, the peak, peak, peak seasons. What What's and a it, peak it, season? Well, Star test. That's a big one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, school. September to November, kids do a little bit better. They get a little Thanksgiving break and Christmas. Starts from spring break until school gets on.
2: Mm-hmm. We follow the school schedule because a lot of our referrals come from schools. Yes. Schools, primary care doctors.
1: And I would and to clarify those 30. 30 to 40 aren't suicide attempts. Some of them will be, but some of them will be, you know, my, my kiddo had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. My, like they, like the a parents freaked out because their kids started cutting and they just figured that out. Like it, it like not everyone is mm-hmm. going to, sure, sure. but like there's some, but there's something yeah, that's something really wrong. concerning. Kid, yeah. mm-hmm. Every, yeah. And,
0: you know, and, and not that, not that what you do isn't impactful. It is incredibly impactful. But when you tell me that there are 30 to 40 kids that are coming through with issues like this in the ER, Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking about the other kids coming through the ER, Mm -hmm. and now you've got gunshot wounds, you've got Mm -hmm. kids who, you know, all kinds of thick drownings. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes.
1: Yes, I don't know. I don't know how they do it. I don't, I, like, um, it's staggering to me. Listeners, before we came on, I was talking to Brittany about how I feel like anyone who works in the ER for more than, like, six months is, like, <laughs> battle-tested and ready and, like, you know, like you were a veteran. Because it is. I mean, you're—it's a constant—you're constantly Whoa. inundated with, like, all of those things. I, I really don't—I have so much respect for what they do. That's mm-hmm. a lot. It- <clears throat> Yeah, <laughs> I know. Brittany's like, this is just my Tuesday. What what sort of challenges do you have, like talking to families and like what kind of things do you encounter sometimes?
2: So I think especially I came into this role mid pandemic. So the baseline for me in the it's emergency department high. has just been chaotic. Yeah. But there's just a lot. Of social factors that come along with the pandemic, Um, and a lot I think that have been impacting our kids, and we're seeing kind of the wave after, Mm -hmm. or the tsunami.
0: It's not even a wave. Yeah, it is a tsunami.
2: So so a lot of social problems, Uh, parents' stability, their own mental health, Mm -hmm. financial problems, Mm. employment problems, and just everything that affects our society affects impacts parents and families and then the kids are there just
0: soaking it all in like little sponges Mm -hmm. yes soaking it all in and then when they soak it in now the water's dripping out because they Mm -hmm. can't hold anymore it's just Mm -hmm. it's a lot Mm -hmm. jeez you know i (laughs) you know i it, it is so different it is so different and i know i'm old okay that that but when i think about the worst thing that happened to me was you know falling down on the playground you know, and go into the emergency room because I bumped my head, you know, back in the day. You know, I just, maybe there were other things happening and I didn't know about it. But mm-hmm. this to me is, mm-hmm. is um, it, it's, it's stunning. It's staggering. How do we keep up with this? Mm-hmm. How do we keep up with it? Mm-hmm. And I know I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm asking rhetorical. you the question. <laughs> but rhetorical. you don't have an answer and neither do you. No. Yeah. But I mean, it's just how do we, you can't even get, a, you can't get ahead of it.
1: You just got to stay behind it always. Well, I, I think to Brittany's point, policy that supports families, um, you know, mental health access, mental health access. I Oops. think I think like that's it's kind of like the last symptom of mm-hmm. pressures that families in our society sees. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so we need to get upstream.
0: <laughs> Try to find them before they get to this point, and mm-hmm. and we are, yeah. You know, there's the reach program at, right. at Cook Children's where we're seeing them in the yes in, in the pediatrician's office, right? Let's mm-hmm. let's catch it before it gets to the point where they have to get to Brittany, absolutely, and and let's see if we can help that. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes That's me feel a little better. Always
1: our goal, yeah. Always, always, always prevention, and because it, the the longer it goes untreated or unaddressed, it tends to get worse. Okay. Um and no so kidding. and so you know, if you notice your kid is having a hard time, get on a wait list for counseling. Mm-hmm. Like in yeah. and, and if, if they call you in, you know, three months whenever your name is up and you don't need it and everything's good, good. Just say mm-hmm. thanks. Hey, you know, no big deal. Yeah. But like start counseling. Just start at counseling early and you can head off a whole lot. Like a whole whole, whole, whole lot of badness.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and use the resources that are available. Talk to your school counselor and say, Hey, have you noticed any any changes? Do you mind checking in with so and so? At their annual pediatric Whatever. appointment, uh-huh. say you know how did is there a, a depression sque- screening like yeah. I'm, they I'm, all just screen to change yeah. yeah yeah
1: our pediatrician screen you know it's it's part of the um, recommendation mm-hmm. from right. the AAP and all that good stuff yeah but then you
0: you you know you got parents who come to the schools and they're really angry and they're very mad because the teacher said this one's really misbehaving or is mm-hmm. kind of showing me something and now the parent becomes a little more defensive. Rather than, oh, what should we be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I have seen them on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're very defensive and now they're screaming at the teacher. And mm-hmm. it's just it's
2: Yeah, we in our <laughs> setting, and it might be different for Dr. Perch and being like, Okay, where is the problem actually lying? But in my setting, it's very much we have to address the symptoms right now. Right like, now, not like, can well, you go what home? Happened? No, no, no. And a, par- a lot of times parents will say, like, what where did this come from? Are they going to be okay? And it's like, we are stabilizing mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. this is this is our job mm-hmm. but there's hope i mean i think especially working in this like very heavy field and overwhelming kind of chaotic environment mm-hmm. there's hope and some good news is in 2022 we saw a decline of the the numbers of suicide attempts and those who came through our emergency department we're hopeful about 2023 i think we're taking a lot of action as an organization and help Mm -hmm. and being and it's it's a real real encouragement working there and and seeing that there's actually things being put into place um and from an employee point of view really taking care of each other ourselves
0: Mm -hmm.
1: wow we need it. it so it sounds like the tsunami's crested which is hopeful well i hope I'm, I hope, I'm a I little nervous so. to even say that out loud. I'll be no. next, I'm like, oh, no, it's, it's the next not, one's coming. Yeah. There is. Another way.
2: I mean, there has been like some good things that, that have come out of the pandemic. And it's really hard to see those, especially in in our field. But there's been greater access to mental health and mental right. health services. Right. We do see, you know, what is lacking and how much need there is. But, you know, there's been some. State and federal um, policies and insurance that have increased some expansion. So mm-hmm. we just need to continue in that direction, and I think we all can play a part in being better informed citizens right. and and you know advocating for these changes. Right, for sure. What else do you want to tell our our listeners? Um, <laughs> we love seeing you, but don't come to the ER. for <laughs> for just everything. Um, and, and we kind of joke there. We're like, okay, have a good night. Like, don't come back unless, (laughs) unless you need to. And just like, use your, use your resources. I know that on our site, we have a lot of, you know, steps that you can take. We have multiple crisis lines in our area to call and kind of, they will a little bit triage you and your risk. Um, call our emergency line. I mean, you can, And talk to your kids. Like we want to educate you on how to talk to your kids so that you can also have these conversations and it doesn't have to be just us. You can ask. Sitting at the dinner table Mm
0: -hmm. with no phones in your hand Mm -hmm. and you're looking across and talking to the kid, really Mm -hmm. looking at them in the eye and let me see what you're really looking
2: like. Mm -hmm.
0: And having that conversation where it's intentional.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And with adolescents Intentional time is is not usually preferred with mm-hmm. with I parent know, and I child when there's for conversation the teenager. <laughs> I for the teenager.
0: <laughs> I don't care. And there's com- I don't care. Sit down. We're gonna talk.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> and there's ways. Yes. To, <laughs> yes. I don't care. And there's ways to make that happen. Y'all have mentioned, you know, in the car when you're side by side, mm-hmm. um, sitting next to each other, um, leaving them a, a written note, mm. texting them. Like think of the ways that they're they're comfortable communicating and try communicating that. I've seen parents and encourage parents to leave like a mailbox outside of their teen's door and they leave messages for each other. And I think what an accessible way to reach your, <laughs> right,
1: right. your, teenager. your
2: teenager with yeah. their door closed.
1: And and some I have some anxious teenagers that mm-hmm. are a little afraid to communicate verbally, like because I think they're afraid it's going to come out wrong. And mm-hmm. so sometimes like writing things down is better because you can mm-hmm. say what you really mean mm-hmm. or you can write down what you really mean rather than mm-hmm. like coming out all weird and stuff. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's a lot of parents in the emergency room that are pretty anxious. Um, you know, I, I know you guys get a whole lot of questions about like, I mean, I'm sure like, well, you know, does this mean that they have to take medication? And if they mm-hmm. take medication, do they have to take it forever? And you, I mean, like all of those questions. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you like, how do you guys navigate those kind of things? Like anxious
2: parents right. about that kind of stuff. Right. Similarly to wanting to be renamed family psychiatry yes. we are fa- very much family, family. therapy and yes. mm-hmm. you know the the the, pr- the ch- problem the child
0: is not the it's not the only thing <laughs> no,
2: no no we <laughs> easily are like okay I think I know what we're talking about um, so I think it's encouraging the parents to seek support for themselves whether that is at a church or a community group or their their own peers their own mental health or um, medical providers to Focus on their own health as well, so yeah. that they can support their kids. Yeah. And it shouldn't take your kid being in the hospital to to be able to have time to focus on yourself. Um, so I just encourage parents to go to find a therapist.
0: So go ch- get
1: charge, one.
2: Charge your battery. <laughs> yeah, whatever
1: that is. You know, like yeah. however you
2: do that. Yeah, go to the lake,
0: sitting on that patio watching the birds. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you really do. It you did. really, really do. Well, thank you so much. Brittany, Thank you. that was yeah. really good. It's, I, don't, I don't see how you do it, but I don't I'm either. glad. And then you're being the overachiever trying to get your doctorate. I mean, you really like this. You really keep
2: bringing that up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're but, proud of you. No, We are.
0: We are. But my goodness, you do like what you do. You I really do. I love
2: what I do. Yeah. I love what I do. And I am really grateful for my own environment that I was raised in and going into social work that really was very telling of... Just the privilege and the stability that I had. And I think that is part of the fuel that helps me want to continue to share hope with other kids who do not have that mm. safety.
0: Well, yeah. She told you what she was grateful for.
2: I know.
1: She stuck that right on in. Didn't I love she? it. She was ready. She was ready. She teed it up for us. Yeah. Okay. Mm. You go ahead. I don't know. I would say I am grateful for colleagues with nerves of steel. Mm. I feel like, um, There's a lot of pressure, Um, either, you know, you guys see it in the emergency room. Um, There's a lot of pressure to get things right. And so I'm always grateful for my colleagues' steadfastness and um, seemingly unshakability. Mm -hmm. I know know they may be scared, but I can't see it. So I'm really, I don't know. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for people who do what they love.
0: Yeah. I really am, because that means you're going to do an incredible job instead of just doing a job. Um, I, I'm grateful for people at Cook Children's mm-hmm. who do what they love.
2: Mm-hmm. We care. And you care. can mm-hmm.
0: tell it every single time. You can see it. I told you I saw the glitter in your eye. I could <laughs> I could tell. You You were talking about how it was a love-hate relationship, but I said, nah, there's <laughs> a lot more love than there is hate. But I'm grateful for people who do what they love and not just try to fit themselves into a, a slot or a box, but mm-hmm. do exactly what they're passionate
1: about.
2: Thank you. That's amazing. Yay!
0: (laughs) That is awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you guys for listening. You know, it's another episode of Raising Joy. And you know what we do. Until then. Next time. Just just breathe. breathe, Open open up. up, You you matter. matter. We did it together. We did it together.